So we have two titular characters who never see each other. Bad guys who are just having a laugh. L-A-F. Awkward first dates, boat problems, and a brand spanking new, dopey looking Captain America. All this in the debut episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Welcome to the MCU pod. I'm Grant Davis. And uh, this is a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, my co-host is... That's your, that's your cue, Mike. Mike Moody Garcia. Good to be here. <laughs> Last time you introduced me, so I'm like, what are I we know, doing today? I know. I yeah. think I, I forgot to highlight that. I was going to let you just do it yourself. It's all good. Um, we're excited to be joined once again by our good friend and comics aficionado, Randy Lander of the TVDudes.com. Hey, what's up? And we're joined once again by our buddy and our legal representative. Can I say that? Uh, Elliot Fontanet. <laughs> I mean, for the purposes of uh, streaming, yes. Yeah. He's a, a legal eagle on a show about a falcon. <laughs> He's on retainer. What? Did you black me? Am I gone? Did I, 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 I can <laughs> kick you, Randy. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I won't do that again. I, I promise. Have God power. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So welcome, everyone, to the show. Tonight, we are streaming the pod live over on YouTube and talking the premiere episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What that does mean is that we are going to be going into spoilers, so we want to warn you ahead of time that you probably should watch the episode, unless that's your kink, in which case, no kink shame. You know, we're going to spoil it. <laughs> we're glad to be of service. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. Can we use a different word? <laughs> nope. It is of service. Um, Mike, can you tell people a little bit more about the podcast? Yeah, we want you to subscribe and follow the podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us at mcupod.com. There you can find links to Apple, Spotify, everywhere we are available. Rate and review us on Apple. And if you're watching on YouTube now, live or the the replay, toss us a, actually live, toss us a comment and question in the live chat. Type uh, capital P-O-D, pod. So we can see your question and we can talk about it later. Also, you can help us out by going to patreon.com slash MCU pod. That helps us keep there you go. That helps keep us that helps keeps us going. Uh two two bucks a month, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month. You get your pick. Um also it looks like Grant and I are gonna start a new, maybe a new series, but we're definitely gonna do one um Behind the Paywall Patreon podcast, all about the Snyder Cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's that? The, uh, that just came out, <laughs> came out the day that Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. Um, I'm going to try not to, to give away what I think about the Snyder Cut on this podcast. Try really hard. But if you want to uh, check that out, maybe we'll have a few guests on that episode. That'll be on our Patreon. So patreon.com slash MCU pod. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in to this week's episode. New World Order is the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, written by Malcolm Spellman and directed by Carrie Scogland. The synopsis for this episode, according to IMDb, is Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes realize that their futures are anything but normal, which sounds... <laughs> Vague. That could be a fortune cookie. I don't even know what that is. Like, my thing is, they just now realize that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we start this episode like we start every episode with some snap judgment. 
All right, Elliot, take it away. Yeah, uh, sorry, I wasn't expecting to get it first. I need to. <laughs> this is a lawyer that doesn't read his show notes beforehand. <laughs> uh, I just, I really, I really enjoyed the episode. I've actually watched it three times already, uh, just for for different reasons. Like the first time, I watched it just because I was really excited to watch it. Second time, I more watched it for the MCU tie-ins, and then the third time. Just as a black man, there are th- there's there are some lines that they say in the in the show. That's stuff that I have said and has said to me. Like there's a line where he uh, the the guy goes, "Oh man, you look really good as the Falcon." He's like, "I'm trying to be like you." That's that's exactly some stuff you would say. So it just was really satisfying. Uh, I, you know, give it snap like a, an eight eight out of ten right off the bat. Nice, nice. Uh, Randy, what are you thinking? Uh- I was super excited for this, even more so than WandaVision. And the Cap movies are so are probably my favorite movies in the Marvel Universe, aside from maybe the last two Avengers. And I stayed up till 2 a.m. to watch it, and I've watched it again since then. Not at all disappointed in that decision. I uh, I felt like this was Captain America 4 where Falcon and Winter Soldier like picked up right where it left off, had movie-quality action, delved into, into Sam's story in a way you've never seen in the movies or the comics, really, and like gave that character more of a character. And uh, and just had some fantastic stuff. Plus, as a Gruenwald Cap, Mark Gruenwald wrote a Cap run that was one of my first Captain America runs. His influence is all over the place here, and so it's just like watching all this stuff that I read as a teenager come to life. It's it. I I loved it. I'm super excited for more. Awesome, Mike. What are you thinking? Yeah, dude, this was a really strong start. It was a lot more conventional than what we saw in Wandavision, but I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it for that. Like more conventional can be good when you have like a strong ass cast like they do here. And also when you deepen the story with like personal stakes that resonate and themes that like elegantly reflect the broad social issues of our time, which is what we're starting to see here in this first episode. This show already like clearly has confidence in its step, confidence in its vision uh, the action was a blast. That point break meets fucking Tom Clancy aerial battle shit they pulled <laughs> at the top. Point break. <laughs> it was so good. It got my blood pumping. It 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 uh it was really good. It it reestablished like the the heroism of our man, the Falcon. We have we hadn't really seen him like shine in a while, so that was great to start off. And just to cap this off, to cap this off, um, this is the most I've been invest invested in like Sam. And in Bucky since like the Winter Soldier, and that was like eight movies ago. <laughs> so I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I I'm in the tank for anything Marvel. What I think is remarkable about this this premiere, this you know on the heels of Wandavision, is that when Marvel has the opportunity to take their time with a story, they start taking their time. And, uh, you know, we, we went through three episodes of them just kind of playing around with, with a template in, in WandaVision. And here the two main characters never really interact. There's vague, vague elements of what this bad guy might be in the background, but we're not really sure. They're just kind of hinting at stuff and we're just kind of getting grounded with where the characters are in their life post the blip so in that regard i thought it was it was a little slow i was kind of surprised by that but at the same time i'm happy to kind of bathe in all the character development that's going on here i love the new sides we're seeing of these characters um 
you know, delving into how how Bucky's just dealing with the trauma and how how Sam is has such weight on his shoulders um, that he he just is kind of shirking because he's he's scared of it. Um, I, I thought both of those were handled really well. And this was a longer episode than WandaVision ever gave us. And it was still too short. And so I was annoyed by that. I was like, yeah. no, it is still six <laughs> minutes of credits. You fooled me. Um, we we have a couple of comments here from people giving in their snap judgments. Will Morris says, Uncle Sam out there saving the world. Can't even get alone. Uh, yeah, that's accurate. Nicole Jackson says, yeah, that y'all, that lone thing, the racism in that, I got mad. Oh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. the part where he's like, um, you know, because my wife and I, we were talking about it. And the part where they're like, you have no income for the last five years. But it's even worse than that because he went on the run with Cap for two or three years. Yeah. Right. They weren't getting paid. <laughs> so he has no like gainful employment for the last five years. But you would have thought that Stark and his lawyers would have set up some kind of trust fund. No, like, right. he should be getting paid. But remember, he was on the outs with Stark. That's the thing. Even then, like, even then. No, oh, like, yeah. Stark yeah. probably cut all of them off. He like, cut them all off. No, but you can't you can't open that and take the cell phone and not and cut them off. Like in the civil war, he opens like, you know, they'll be back. It's like, then, you know, put that shit in the trust. You, you are, you are made of money. I actually saw a tweet today that it was talking about Jeff Bezos. And it's like, Jeff Bezos is worth $200 billion and it hasn't become Batman or Iron Man. What is he doing? Yeah. <laughs> That's an excellent point. Um, I, I think that, you know, this, the first scene of this opens with Sam Wilson ironing. Like we, we already have enough of the weight of the of cap on him, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's a little bit of of Iron Man's legacy. He was he he's actually in a lot way a lot of ways, especially in that opening like action sequence, much more akin to Iron Man. And it seems like he's made for an Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that, I, like you know. blasting, flying all around, and like being able to just like have that kind of control and fighting people. Like I was the, like, man, you could the, be heir to that throne. The opening with the Iron Man thing was great because, or with with him ironing, because that was just a like a signal telling us this guy's human. This guy has to iron his shirt still. You know, (laughs) he's not like unlike I I I said I wasn't going to talk about the Snyder cut, but unlike (laughs) Zack Snyder, the way Zack Zack Snyder depicts like the Justice League heroes as these like gods among men that don't really have any humanity left in them. Um, our heroes here, and which is what is core to what makes Marvel great in the MCU and in the comics, is that these are people. These are real people. They, they have to iron their shirts. They have issues. <laughs> and we're seeing the the humanity right up front with these two characters. And I saw I saw in the notes here that you're going to talk about like how Sam is like Iron Man. And I was like, wait a minute. Like... <laughs> People are just going to be like, oh, Sam is just like Iron Man. He flies around in the suit. And I was all ready to do this, like, to battle you on that. Just like how, how he's different than Iron Man. No, but, no not, not, not personality or anything. I just well, no, but like, like the, way, the way he, you know, he fights in the air and he flies and stuff. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I, I just feel I like he could also be a, like, s- suitable candidate to don the armor and be able to, you know. Have the nano suit where he can he doesn't have to keep putting up a shield to get shot. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I don't see it. I think I think Sam's yeah. fighting style is different. I think it's uh, it's the difference between like a martial artist and a and a brawler. It's like he's a guy who he fights like Cap, especially in this first episode. Oh yeah. I mean he has 
they upped his game a little bit. Like he is fighting like like Cap does, and he's you know we saw him do a little bit of this in the open Civil War. We've seen him throw people around, use the, use the wings, but he definitely has like upped his game a little bit here. And he he this throws straight down up an Iron Man shot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't see it. Just because you fly yeah. doesn't make you Iron Man. Vision doesn't Iron Man. Well, I mean, I, I I see I sort of see from both perspectives because he does fight like Cap, but Cap was not so much on the tech, and it's a big character moment that they show him fixing Red Wing himself. That gives true. a lot of it gives a lot of credit to the character and says like, no, 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 he understands the tech behind his suit. He doesn't need handlers. He's doing them a favor. Yeah, and so like that, I really love seeing that because. Too often, unless they're Iron Man, you like they don't really give him that credit of being really smart. Mm-hmm. But he's obviously he obviously knows electrical engineering. Like, dude, you're in Louisiana. Go work for Exxon. Like, <laughs> you, you know a few things. Go work at a plant. Like, be be a maintenance engineer. Make some money. That psycho Rivera says he's got the snark of Iron Man, the goody boyness of Cap. <laughs> you know, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. I've seen, um, and I just blanked on his name. The guy who plays Falcon. I can't believe I blanked on his name. Uh, Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie, if you see him in other roles and you see the behind the scenes stuff where he's like the cut the check guy, he's got this swagger and mm-hmm. he's got this like, he's definitely more of a snarky guy. But when he's playing Sam, that that snark and that confidence comes through. But at the same time, he's also playing a Captain America type because he's got this like sensitivity and caring about others that you saw. In the, when he, and I think it really works. Like I think if you had a different actor, you might get someone who's a little more subdued. But you get that Sam is like, super confident but not a jerk about it and right. i think that's really grounded impressive. and empathetic yeah and, and, and i can i mean build upon that he's he definitely i don't want to say he takes a back seat but there's so much he has so much reverence for cap mm-hmm. that it's clearly a situation where he looks up to cap so when he relates to cap it's much more of a hey what do you need i'm with you yeah everybody else he can let sort of his 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 his, his arrogance sort of fly and be like, no, 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 I'm going to talk to you like I would really talk to you. But Cap, it's like, no, no, you're Captain America. Whatever you need, Captain America. Like, like, not as bad as Ant-Man, who's just yeah, like, well, right. <laughs> I'm, it's Captain America, guys. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Well, well and that's that's the arc of, of him in the show, too, is that he is, when it comes to, like, taking the shield and becoming Cap, like, Cap handed him the shield and told him you're ready. And he's not feeling ready because it's Cap. But when he goes into that bank... Man, he is all he 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 is the guy in charge. Now it doesn't work out for him, yeah. but he is confident in areas where he shouldn't be confident. Like, oh no, the, this finance will be no problem. I'm the Falcon. It's all cool, yeah. and not as confident where he should be. Whereas, like, hey man, Cap said you were ready for this, and I think getting past his sort of worship of Cap and realization that Cap was just a man, whatever else, is going to be part of his arc in this show. Yeah, it's going to be satisfying to see. Like, one of the things I really love about Marvel is that they earn everything, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't want to bring up the Snyder Cut too much, but <laughs> it's it. But it it goes back to the comics because DC has always billed themselves as these are the gods, these are your new gods. Mm-hmm. They have a comic book run called the New Gods. Mm-hmm. Like Marvel has been much more ground level. So even though some people may not like the Snyder Cut, I sort of did like it. And surprisingly, it's somewhat true to the comics because that's what they sort of wanted. And so this really does show you, like, no, no, he has his own problems. He has to work through. I, I hope this podcast isn't going to be like, here's what Marvel does well, sorry, sorry. and here's what the Snyder Cut <laughs> does incorrectly. Uh, I, I, no, I, I won't bring it up again. No, I do understand. I set that precedent, but I kind of want to. I kind of want to go back to the idea that Sam fixes his own suit, and I like that. All all those points you made, Elliot, are true. You know, he's he has the the technical ability, he has the smarts, he's multi talented, right? 
And this is a guy who is poised to be our hero. But I like that he fixes his suit and then the Air Force guy's like, hey, um, you know, the the tech guys back at back at the government would, you know, would love to get their hands on that. He's like, no, no, no. Every time those guys touch it, they fuck it up. And <laughs> that's just like continuing the legacy of the Captain America movies that don't fucking trust the government <laughs> with anything. I like that. So let's talk about the fight sequence at the very beginning, because oh, one thing that was on my mind was the fact that now we have Falcon back working for the military. This is like five, like if we remember the timeline, mm-hmm. he's kind of on the outs with the government <laughs> and he's in hiding up until infinity war. And then he disappears for five years blips back into existence is part of the people fighting Thanos. And then I guess he's okay with them. And he's like back doing missions for them. It it seemed like, I don't know. That seemed a little bit weird. I think we got an answer to that here through Bucky, right? Because Mm -hmm. with Bucky, it looks like all the heroes got pardoned after defeating Thanos. Like part of the terms of Bucky's pardon is those therapy check-ins, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe the part of the terms of Sam's pardon dictate that he has to be on call as like a special operative for the Air Force, which is the unit he's working with right now, right? Right. But but also, one of the things about it is that Sam is, he's a rescue guy. That uh, Fabian Nicias, the guy who writes, uh, he's written a bunch of comics. He posted online something about that I thought was really smart. He said that in one line, the MCU defined Sam in a way better than he has ever been defined in the, in the comics. When his sister says, Sam to the rescue, that's what he does. He's the rescuer. That's what he was. He was before, before Winter Soldier. He was the rescue pilot. And then he comes in to rescue his sister. He kind of showed up to rescue Cap in, in Endgame. So the notion of like them coming to him and being like, look, we got a midair rescue mission. You're really the only guy who can do it. There's no way he'd turn him down, even if it's but, not part of his part. Yeah, he can't. He, he, he has to have already been on location doing something else presumably yeah. be that close and be able to do that rescue right but i so think, they makes probably, me think he's like their man kind of doing ops here the, there was a line where he said i've been working for the air force for a while yeah. now yeah yeah, yeah. But, but i figured they came to him because that's what he did before he you know when he went to, to the va he was a guy who piloted rescue ops and i'm sure he was like the Avengers are kind of disbanded. I want to help out and the air force probably offered a way to do it. Makes sense. Plus Rhodes well, buddy Rhodes is an air force colonel. The government has money for the military, so why can't he get a fucking loan? <laughs> well, that's the, that's, that's the part to me that, that, that rang. <laughs> I know where the writer was going for, and I, I definitely appreciate it from a social justice perspective. But if you're going to stay in, in universe, I don't really buy that scene because there would be some money somewhere. Like, you don't, you don't save the world, li- literally save the world, <laughs> and not get a loan. Like... I, I gotta say, I, I it's a stretch, but I can buy it because you you know we you see how we treat our military and with at the VA and that kind of thing. Like I can absolutely see two things. One that there isn't like he's not like getting paid a ton that kind of thing. But the other is he's I think probably he he is too proud to like go to his military guys That's and true. be like be like hey can I get you to co-sign this thing for me? He was like I don't need that. I'm the Falcon. I'll get this taken care of. No, I am viewing it as a lawyer, and I have no problem going, no, 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 pay me. Pay me. <laughs> uh, so we have a new threat called LAF. Um, I was hoping, Randy, you might have some sort of insight into what that acronym could mean. 
they're they're new, and I I have no idea. The only thing I can think of, we talk about Flash Flag Smasher. There was an organization called Ultimatum, which we talk. It, it's the best acronym ever. That that's an that's an acronym, and I love it. But LAF, I was like something front liberation liberate Algiers front or something. I have no idea. I I don't know that they're gonna give us any more on that. It might have been just, is, they were the bad guys. Is Those this are all, ultimatum. That is all. That is ultimatum, and I'm just gonna tell you right now, ultimatum is the underground liberated totally integrated mobile army to unite mankind oh okay, okay well, i need to stop i'm not i'm not being sarcastic i'm gonna just give you a some 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 applause right there because that was amazing <laughs> wait wait do we have two the lef and the flag smashers are different yes they are different they're okay. different people at so least this... for the time being it seems like they're two different groups right okay but they so... might be they might be like the flag smashers are like some sort of group working under laf yeah, and LAF. I'm assuming is going to be tied in with uh, Zemo mm -hmm. because we know that he's going to be returning as a bad guy. Maybe, but I don't know. I feel like it might have almost been just like in Winter Soldier. The opening is just kind of the opening to give us that action, and like a Bond, like a Bond movie. I feel like the LAF may not be a thing that comes back, but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we get the return of another bad guy uh, that we saw it first in um, Winter Soldier. It, was it Winter Soldier? Anyway, it's a uh, Batrock. <laughs> I don't remember this guy. Who, who is who is Batcock? And oh, he was. Why, he why was do we? Why Batcock is Batcock is a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was the thing that got Bat the the black label thing shut down at DC yeah. with the Batcock. Yeah, like that's the after hour Snyder cut. <laughs> I don't want to see that. Okay. So here we got Batrock. Um, Randy, can you give us an explainer on this guy? So Batroc in the movies is a French special ops mercenary, and this is more of his modern incarnation. Uh, there he is. There's his comics incarnation reacting to it. And he's just a guy who basically uses Savate, which is kickboxing, and he's supposed to be able to throw down with Cap. In the movies, he was basically just this mercenary, and I'm glad to see him back, and it's great. Uh, in the comics, though, he has this outrageous French accent, uh, like a comical French accent, and he is is always fighting Cap with like this weird sense of mercenary honor. And he usually gets his butt kicked, but every now and then he can like hold his own with Cap. I have a huge fondness of this character. He's kind he's like borderline joke character, but just like every Marvel character when they were first introduced, they were like the most dangerous villain they'd ever faced. So he has been dangerous in the past, but I also think he's kind of a joke villain. And I, I love Batroc. I love his goofy costume. I love his French accent. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy that they didn't kill him off again. Yeah, I thought it was a fun character to, to see return. But for a second there, I thought, is this a flashback sequence to like when Falcon used to operate mm. within the military? Because we were seeing Batrock and we were seeing him just kind of running this op. And for a second, I was thinking that the Torres character, who his man on the ground, was going to be that partner that ends, ends up dying because I couldn't remember the name of mm. his partner, that which he's talking about in um, in Winter Soldier. Like, oh, yeah, the reason yeah. he got kind of ptsd and he left mm -hmm. the military uh but torres um i guess there's more to this character but i gotta say that um the actor was like immediately delightful i like fantastic lot. character yeah yeah the actor i was just like oh, okay this guy does seem like a good buddy uh, like and he's he's earnest and has respect 
But then his his silly stuff about like um, Cap on the Moon and all that was just funny stuff. Yeah, well, he's it, like he's like a cool redditor, right? Like yeah. he, he knows all the conspiracy theories. He tracks all the activity. Like he he, he understands like all the QAnon shit, and he follows it, but he doesn't believe it. You know, <laughs> so he's cool. I instantly did not want him to die. I instantly wanted to like take care of him. So, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I was scared for him later too. I was really scared. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels like. Um just seeing this character and see how instantly likable he is in the comics. He might like, he becomes the new Falcon right? Uh, after mm. Captain America, after he, be- after Sam becomes cap. Yep. And I feel like the casting director sort of were like, look, if he really, if this takes off, we're going to need another Falcon. Mm-hmm. And so wow. we need to have him have a, a watchable quality. So we have to recast him. Yeah. And if this dude, he's an, he's an air force guy, you know, you could theoretically put him in the suit. I love yeah. the idea. Now, I'm taking a look at this picture, Randy, that you provided of um, the new Falcon, which is yeah. uh, Daniel Torres, right? Uh, Joaquin Torres. Joaquin, is his name Joaquin Torres? Okay. In the comics, it is. I don't know if it is in the movie, in the show. Um, they didn't say the first name, I don't think. Anyway, uh, it looks like he actually is part bird. He's like, a, his arms he, are. He gets he gets mutated in the he gets mutated by I believe the Power Broker, and becomes a Birdman. Well, in the in the credits of the show, they 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 have the words "power broker." Yes, they do. Um, I tell yeah. you, like one of the things, if you want to know the new characters that are coming to Marvel, about five years ago, and Randy, you can really speak to this. There was this spate, and I'm not complaining, but there was a spate of more diverse characters mm-hmm. that I got introduced to Marvel. And at the time, the people like the the was the, say the alt right was really worried about it, and some of the people were like, "You shouldn't be worried." I'm like, "Oh no, if you don't like that, you should be worried because they're farming." <laughs> they're gonna bring these up yep. to the MCU. That's the reason they're bringing them to the comics. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I have that little um, Easter egg that you're talking about, uh, Elliot. The power broker in the end credits. There's actually quite a few little Easter egg things they were putting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, power brokers watching, and um, Randy, you also provided uh, this image of power yeah. broker. <laughs> I did not give you the image of him when he like uses his own thing and becomes a big giant muscle man because it was just weird. Okay, but it's just the guy broker. in his suit. So Power Broker is, if you go back to that Power Broker credits image, it's interesting. Power Broker is a guy in the comics who was a Cap nemesis. He was sort of of behind the scenes. He was outfitting all these people with with, uh, like Cap-type powers. He was behind the Unlimited Class Wrestling Foundation. They had a bunch of guys that were like superhero wrestlers. He uh, gave powers to John Walker, uh, who then became Captain America. And uh, (laughs) and he... uh, he basically was like doing all this powering up of people. And I noticed that they've got those little blue vials, which makes me think that maybe, and maybe that he is powering people up, including maybe the flag smasher who has like cap level kicking people across the street. Right. So I feel like we're going to get some behind the scenes of like, Oh, the power broker is like got to knock off super serum, super soldier serum that he's using or something. That's uh, I mean, they're, they're throwing a lot in here and, Power Broker seems immediately super hokey corny. Like this is the, uh, what's his name? Gecko from Wall Street kind of. <laughs> like, who is this? Okay. Um, yeah. So you don't, you don't know what necessarily LAF is. We do also have the Flag Smashers mentioned as it seems like, uh, and I'm kind of jumping ahead of, of this, but I'm trying to keep all of this thread yeah, uh, the same, but we have Torres saying, oh, there's this other group. I'm seeing a lot of their tags and a lot of their chatter going on, and they're called the Flag Smashers. And we get a little line where Sam's talking about that sounding super corny. But it seems like 
Torres attends a uh, a flash mob <laughs> of sorts <laughs> where people were invited to come out here and put on masks so that they could all distract from a flag smasher bank robbery. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that great? Like just like that super cool unexpected plan to create like a hundred decoys right and like all that iconography of the mask you know running everywhere all that chaos and i thought it was a really interesting take on how terrorists or criminal organizations recruit with like their online tactics and that with like augmented reality apps Mm -hmm. because that's probably happening right (laughs) yeah i I think we saw that a bit in like westworld too where they're exploring like how criminal networks would do that like in the third season Right. And I thought that was really fascinating. You see some of that here. Well, it's also, it's a very Tom Clancy kind of thing to use like real world stuff. And the cap stuff has always seemed influenced by the Tom Clancy military adventurism kind of stuff. Well, and just, just as watching it as a lawyer, I was just like horrified because I'm like, oh, y'all are all a part of it now. Mm -hmm. I don't care if like you just put on a mask, you are liable for all this shit now. Mm -hmm. It's a congratulations, Elliot. I'm just saying like, I was like, oh, Y'all haven't heard of the felony murder rule, have you? Uh, <laughs> I'm just here to dance, man. I don't know. Yeah, you'll have to talk to our lawyer. Uh, you're our lawyer. <laughs> uh, so, Elliot, you would say make sure and vet your flash mobs when you when you go to your make sure. I'm just saying, if I was, if I was them, I would have a different mask on. <laughs> so, I, I guess an argument. While, I guess while we're on this topic of the the villain, so far as we've been presented in this first episode, what are y'all's thoughts like what what should we be expecting from them this season so i'm not sure because flag smashers i did like them tying into the blip that basically they they liked the way the world was with the blip in the comics they are basically flag smashers one guy he's in his the ultimatum army it he sounded one, like antifa when i was like reading about it before it kind of is i mean basically he's a he doesn't he doesn't like nationalism of any sort and he he believes the world will be better off without countries which honestly, I, I know people like that. I, I can see that point of view, but they take it to a terrorist extreme. And he was a perfect foil for Captain America, who is all about nationalism and the United States. Right. And, you know, th- this idea of the blip and how people just couldn't rely on borders. People just mm-hmm. all had to come together and help each other out is a fascinating way to kind of examine how that had a macro effect all right Mm -hmm. and once again i i think it would just be so fascinating to be sitting in the writer's room and just hear how they say okay here's what happened the blip took Mm -hmm. away all these people what is the world after that and Mm -hmm. just like explore different avenues and like really i'm sure they had to map it out like this is what this is what we would have to chart as a history because we're gonna have to refer back to this and we have to be consistent in our narrative going forward of how that shaped things well, yeah. and I heard that there's a um, there's a group of like I think it's twelve to fifteen writers that consult on all the shows and movies. They're called the Parliament, which is just really cool. <laughs> like, it's like, I, where do you work? I, I'm part of the Parliament for Marvel. Yes, Fuck, yeah. um, add that to my resume. They should call me Illuminati. No, <laughs> the Illuminati were evil. <laughs> all right, that's fair. I mean, depends on the viewpoint, but like I, I sort of view the series as I don't really think the villains are going to be the main focus. I think they're going to do what Marvel tries to do a lot is have the villains reflect an internal struggle of the characters. And right. so they're going to just it'll, it'll be more about, you know, uh, Bucky coming to terms with what he did and forgiving himself more than anything else. Uh, and then probably Sam, there's probably going to be some oblique racial references 
in terms of a black man being Captain America, mm-hmm. and they'll probably, but and then just his his feelings of inadequacy. But they're gonna juxtapose that with these people who are claiming power mm-hmm. without any of the qualifications, mm-hmm. and sort of show Sam, hey, you know, you fought Thanos, you were in civil war, you you were in Wakanda when Thanos showed up, you deserve all of this, and they're gonna contrast that with this guy with a US agent who's like, who has none of that, mm-hmm. who's like, I'm going to fucking wink at the camera when I show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, show, show that picture of that Popeye-looking motherfucker, Grant. <laughs> Is he... Uh, here, one sec, let me go. The new, the new, the faux Captain America, played by Kurt Russell's son? Is that right? Yeah, Wyatt mm-hmm. Russell. Wyatt Russell? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, look at this motherfucker. Come on <laughs> now. So, so punchable. You like, know, I, yeah. I hope when Sam meets this guy... Like I know nothing about this guy other than he's just usurping what you know what is Sam's right, um, and I hope when Sam meets this guy, he tells him, "Motherfucker, you were born on third base, and you <laughs> act like you hit a home run. Get the fuck out of here!" It's I, I want years hanging out. It, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. I want him to. I want him to go full Harry Potter and be like, "How dare you stand where he stood?" yes i also think like going back to the blip um it's interesting to see the differences between like the mcu proper and like the sony mcu stuff because in spider-man uh the second spider-man movie post blip it was like oh we're just back in high school and well look at that guy he's five years older and he's he's a teenager now and in marvel proper it's like communities are ruined you know Nobody can get alone. The 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 uh, there's terrorists rising because of it. Uh, I just so got to point out. Will Morris said, "Kind of looks like the old guy from Up." And <laughs> sure enough, Randy, you gave me a picture. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Someone someone told me that. She said she's like, "Yeah." The first thing I thought when I saw it was Carl from Up, and I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" And then I saw it, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I get it now." Well, and and uh, just just to echo you, Mike, uh, one of the things is like I really like that it doesn't. It, it's Sony is like taking it very you know gingerly, but it doesn't go full Netflix Marvel. Mm-mm. Like it's not like. Joy is gone from the world. Right. It's like, right. This yeah. should happen. It's like the pandemic that we're going through. It's really tough, but you can still laugh from time to time most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, Good Mike point. and I were discussing in our preview episode last week a little bit of the idea of um, Helmet Zemo, Baron Zemo, mm-hmm. returning as a villain. And, you know, from what we could recall of where things were l- left off with that character at the end of. Um, civil war it it felt almost like uh you know he he achieved what he wanted mm-hmm. and then he was about to commit suicide and he was saved from that and by by black panther who basically was like not today um and kind of uh i wouldn't say like forgave him but he like did a really magnanimous gesture in that mm-hmm. um in saving him so where where do we think the trajectory is of that character um, after having achieved that and then presumably going to jail? Maybe he disappeared in the blip and reappeared outside of jail. And that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Something like that. Or the guards disappeared or something else. When the blip happened, he could have found a way to escape. But also I was thinking about this earlier of like, what, what is, what is Zemo's MCU goal? And if he watched the Avengers come back together, against thanos like he did all this work to break them apart and they came back together bigger and stronger than ever he might be like oh my job's not done i gotta i gotta finish the job do do you think that's ultimately his goal 
there? Yeah, I, the Avengers are the, were the ones who basically got his family killed, and I think he's like the Avengers can't stand. Or wonder, yeah, I, I wonder it, if the blip also caused further damage to his reality. I think, yeah, I think both of y'all are right. I think it's like the blip of having, because you know, if you think about his arc, his family was 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 killed during the Sokovia incident in uh, Age mm-hmm. of Ultron, and so for him, he might be like, look, I just want normal threats again. Mm-hmm. He's super. I think he's more anti superhero. Mm-hmm. And the Avengers are just Luther kind of thing. Yeah, just part of it. But in terms of how he comes back, my bet is is that he just gets um, it's like a deal from like I think he's in Wakanda prison. I don't mm. think they get like diplomatically released to help uh, Falcon and Bucky on a mission. That's my guess. Oh, I think, yeah, I hope it's something like that or like something even more kind of powerful. Like maybe after the blip, um, one of his prison guards or somebody guarding him. Uh, lost people in the blip and blames the heroes and became mm. a, a Zemo sympathizer mm. and let him out, you know? I just that wonder if it's... Too. More I, blip fallout. I wonder if it's possible that he'll be someone tied with the power broker if they're going to mm. give him some abilities so that he can be more of a physical threat to them as well. Because mm. in the comics, Zemo can throw down. He's got a sword and he's a he, he's a he's someone who can actually match with, with Cap physically. Well, and I tell you, I heard something. Um, I, you know, you, you read random stuff on Twitter all the time, so I don't know how how uh, how reliable this is. But he's going to have the purple mask in the, in this iteration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I heard is he's wearing it because it's like Thanos, and that's how they're going to explain the costume huh. to like remind them of their greatest failure, nice. even though they reversed it. Y'all yeah. still fucking lost. Huh. Wow. Interesting. that'd Interesting. be kind of funny. That's that's a good tie-in. Yeah. So okay, now that we've covered all that. Let's go ahead and talk about Sam giving away the shield and Sam talking with uh, Rhodey. We got a we got a cameo from Rhodey. Yeah, that was great. Which uh, was cool. But I, I thought this whole sequence of of him feeling the burden and giving the speech and and just feeling like we need new her- heroes in this society, but. He doesn't see that as him. It's it's a new era for other people, and he he just feels like he can't necessarily connect. Um, I thought it was it was really powerful. It was well done. Uh, I did also think that that's a vibranium um, shield, and someone's gonna steal that right away. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I hope rise from the grave. I hope. That that's they put a replica in its place because yeah you can't put that shield on display in the Smithsonian. What kind of security they have? No, there's real bad guys now. They're gonna find that claw's gonna but, come back too. But we know that they had no intention of keeping it on display. They're like, oh, thanks for giving. This is the right thing to do, Sam. Yoink! Like they right. never intended to display it. Well, yeah, and, and that's something that you, you know, Bucky as a good friend. I'm not Bucky. Uh, Rhodey as a good friend. They both in an E, so like I get them confused. Um, <laughs> He he's trying to clue him into that. Mm-hmm. It's like because he he knows that political world that Sam doesn't. Like he was a soldier, but mm-hmm. he wasn't as connected as Rhodey is. And he's like, look, I think he's trying to tell him like it's going to be there's going to be another Captain America. Yeah, we yeah. might as well have it be somebody that's been around everything mm-hmm. and yeah. isn't going to try to usurp the image. And one of the things I love about this scene is two things, and just one of them as and I I hate like. I keep on bringing it up, but one of them as a black man, I love seeing a show that's not like a black show where they have two black men on screen and it's not even talked about. It's yeah. just, these are the characters. Yeah. And the other one is watching their art together. You know, Rhodey, uh, uh, Sam is, is 
one of the contributing factors to Rhodey being partially paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Because Iron Man thought that Sam couldn't avoid Vision's beam, and Sam totally just avoided it, and uh, Rhodey was flying dead stick, and he crashed. Yeah. And but the fact that they've they've come together, and Rhodey was the only one there for Sam, like that yeah. that means a lot, and that, that I, that's great. I think they bonded a little bit. I mean, partly by being some of the only black heroes in the Marvel universe. Yeah. But also, um, I think the military thing bonded them. There's a bit at the end of uh, End or not End Game, but Infinity War. Where Rhodey's running around and he's running, he's yelling, looking for Sam. Yep. And it's like a little moment, but it's like, oh, these two are buddies. Like we don't, we haven't seen that to this extent yet. And, yeah, they, and they that's what I love have, about them. They they have a great thing in common where they both lost their best friend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Their, they both, you know, Rhodey, and, a, Ro- and they both have like an arc in common too. They were kind mm-hmm. of, uh, I don't want to say second fiddle or sidekick, whatever they, is less demeaning, kind of less right? demeaning term. Yeah. Uh, Partner. You know, that's, the wingman, they were both the wingman to like yeah. the greatest heroes we've ever seen. And now those heroes are gone. So I think the inclusion of Rhodey at the beginning here speaks a lot to uh, just informing the audience of where Sam is here. Like, mm-hmm. and I love seeing them together as like brothers in arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he believes in Sam. That was a great choice. I, I would love to see more of these two together mm-hmm. just for the cool chemistry alone. Like they really oh, yeah. like vibe off each other really well. And also for the camaraderie and, and the understanding that you instantly feel from them together in this scene. Like they yeah, they they walked a similar path. But you're right, Elliot. Um, Rhodey is a little more cynical about what the government might do with this shield. So he's trying to clue him into this. You see it at the beginning mm-hmm. when he's giving the shield away. He's just like, man, don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Rhodey's an Air, Rhodey's an Air Force colonel. He used to work with defense contractors. He was not a just a pilot like he's a guy who knows as elliot said the the political ins and outs can we talk for a second about uh how different and how much better falcon is in the comic or in the movies in the comics but go ahead grant i see you have a thing popped up well i i thought this was an interesting uh question here from nicole who says uh at some point they have to give sam the serum right i i I don't think they will i i think they're gonna they're gonna give him the option and as part of his character, uh, his character arc completing, he's going to say, "I'm enough." Yeah, and he, he's not. He's not. He's going to consciously reject it. Yeah, but I, Power Broker must have something, so it's possible. I think you're right. It'll, it'll get offered. In the comics, though, Sam was a. He was introduced as Sam Flip Wilson, a mm-hmm. pimp, <laughs> and then Red Skull turned him into like the a villain. And then it was revealed he was mind control with the cosmic cube or something. And then he became like a social worker. And he's he's kind of been all over the place. Like the character in the comics has has they've spent a lot of time trying to define him. And in the MCU, taking that and being like, well, how does this work? And making him a rescue pilot and a guy who works at the VA. And then instead of being a guy from the Bronx, they make him a guy from Louisiana, uh, who has a family history of like fishing and all that stuff. They just and then giving him that military tie, like they've really turned Sam into a so much more interesting character that I almost feel like the comics are going to have to just kind of pull into that direction. It feels like this show is also taking cues from Mackie because we're getting more mm-hmm. of obviously the spotlights on him. So we're getting the characters being more informed by who he is. Like we see mm-hmm. some of that coolness, that swagger. And also Anthony Mackie, I think, is from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Elliot, how do you feel about um, him being from Louisiana? I love it. Like, <laughs> one of the things people forget about just um, about black culture is like people think Atlanta 
maybe DC, but New Orleans, especially before Katrina, that's where I was born, is one of the black cities in America. Mm-hmm. And like my dad is from St. Martinville, Louisiana, a little town around Lafayette. And so he's like, right, like, plus wait, we, pro- we probably know his people. I'll put it that way. <laughs> and just the, the feeling you got when you watch is like, when he was ironing his clothes, I was like, oh, yeah, you're definitely in Louisiana. Like, I can look at that wall and tell it's like damp. Because, like, <laughs> like, if you live in Louisiana, in certain parts, you have to have moisture sensors in your room if you own a house, because you have to make sure that you're not, you're, it's not too, it's not too moist. So you don't, you're not, there's not mold growing. Oh, wow. so like just little touches like and if you know if anybody's a fan of Anthony Mackie, he was on um, Hot Ones recently. Uh, wonderful YouTube channel. Y'all should watch that. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, there's a person we haven't discussed in this, and it's the other guy in the title of the show. <laughs> Winter Soldier, a.k.a. Bucky Barnes here. Look, he gets second Billy for a reason. This was Falcon show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, and this is it, this is definitely a a tie-in to Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and now it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they're playing off of the names. They're very clever, very mm-hmm. clever Marvel. Mm-hmm. But uh, this guy, um, here, let's let's zoom in on him a little bit. He's a uh, he's also you know going through sometimes. He's a little lost here. He's lying to himself about uh, his trauma that he's going through, and he seems very you know, distant and alienated, which makes sense. Like, again, Mike and I were talking about this last week. Like this guy, he, uh, he was going through the same thing as Captain America, but now he's been like brought to the future and has no one, even the one person he did have cap is gone. And he has like no other sort of like a connection to people outside of like, he hung out in Wakanda for a little bit. So maybe that's the most home he now has. Also, the last time this guy was in therapy, the therapist turned him into a living weapon again. So you can see where I might be a little skeptical. Ooh, that's a good. <laughs> like his last therapist was Zemo. So you can see where he'd be like, yeah, I'm not telling you shit. Right. So in- instead he's just taking sexy naps on the, the floor. <laughs> Which um, this is a, a reminder of that discussion in um, Witcher Soldier, mm-hmm. uh, where Cap is talking to Falcon, uh, mm-hmm. talking to Sam, and Sam's like, "Oh, you know what? It, what's weird about being back from war? It's the bed, right? It's too yeah. soft. Yeah, right. I sleep on the floor. A lot of us sleep on the floor because that's like where we were. And this is just kind of a reflection of the mentality for Bucky. He's still." in wartime so when he tells his therapist like what all i want is peace and calm it's like no he needs another battle like (laughs) that's probably what he's itching for but he doesn't want to admit that to himself because he's also traumatized by how how much he's hurt people yeah i also love like he's he's a really good looking just old man (laughs) he just hangs out with old people and then like he thinks like going out on a date means playing pinochle yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because he's good looking, she's like, yeah, fine, Pinnacle, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like when people were like really big on Twilight, and I don't want to attack anybody who liked Twilight, but the only <laughs> the thing I didn't like was like, this guy's a hundred and something. Why mm-hmm. is he want to, why, what do you have to talk to high schoolers about? Like, I don't care what you look like. If you're in your hundreds, you're going to, you're going to probably hang around a bunch of old people because they have right. all your references. <laughs> yeah. 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 Marvel keeping it real again. <laughs> but instead edward is super creepy <laughs> um so you know he's he befriends this guy and while i was um 
I, I was making notes while I was watching this. And I was like, why the hell is he talking to this guy? And if he's <laughs> such friends with this guy, why would it suddenly be this situation where this guy's talking about his dead son to him, like out of the blue? And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, that's what the dream was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, I, the immediate connection there. When we first saw him, I thought maybe he was going to be the old, one of the old Howling Commandos. That's Me what too. I thought. Yeah. I thought maybe it was like, oh, he hooked up with, with one of the Howling Commandos who's, who's still alive. He's found a friend. And then when they when they started talking about the sun, I'm like, oh, oh no, it's that. It's worse. It's way worse. Yeah. And the yeah. thing is, like, he can't even tell him because he might think to tell him is selfish. Like he might think this is his penance for killing his son. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I feel like it would be honestly, it would be therapeutic for both of them. And even if it means that it's a loss of that kind of relationship between them. I mean, he's yeah. he's gonna lose a great wingman like that is that's valuable. <laughs> but know? also, yeah. again, the last time Bucky told Bucky's uh, past got revealed to somebody, that guy tried to kill him wearing an armored suit, so he might be a little gun shy. <laughs> he's, he's got good reason to not say anything. <laughs> exactly. But this wanna... guy does score him a sweet date, and she's yep. she's very delightful and lovely. Yeah. Even if he can't really be honest about a lot of things, yeah. or at least he doesn't really want to talk about it. He is honest. She asks how old he is, and he says he's 106. Yep. <laughs> then he just chugs some more tiger beer. He just he tiger just lied beer. about why he was wearing uh, wearing gloves. I do love that the therapist has him... First of all, I thought the therapist was great. I love her calling him on his bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the the playful banter the two of them have. And I also liked the that she's given him a, a list of how he can make amends. It's very, I mean, Cap had a list when he came back. So giving him a list, that's a nice little nod. Right. But also I like, I like seeing that he's out there writing his wrongs. And I thought that was a nice little flashback action sequence. I thought they did a really good job with that. Uh, there's some good Easter eggs in his book of, of people to make amends with or, mm -hmm. you know, confront. Um, I will point out though, that right here, if you can see me circling on there is mm -hmm. H Zemo. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Uh, Helmet Zemo is on his list of, of oh. people to confront and talk to. Yep. Um, so th there's just just more of that kind of tie-in thread. Yep. So he has uh, three steps he's supposed to take with all of his making amends scenes. And it's kind of great um, how they outline those juxtaposed with him breaking all of them, basically. <laughs> Don't do anything illegal. <laughs> nobody gets hurt. And then make your amends. Hey, there's a good comment in here I want to pull up real quick. Sure. Uh, Zeph said, speaking as someone doing their social work masters, Bucky's writing is fantastic for someone acting with severe trauma and guilt. Hmm, it's good like, to know. Uh, his, his handwriting? <laughs> the way they're writing the character, Grant. If we didn't know Grant was a dad. <laughs> well, I, I just want to pull it back up because his handwriting is really nice. <laughs> well, that's when they taught handwriting in class when he went to school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he used to be a subject. <laughs> I, I will say, um, I when when they first brought in uh, Sebastian Stan and he was Bucky, I was like, ah, he's fine. I'm not sure if I'm invested in him. But as they've given him more to do as Winter Soldier, and we've seen what he's capable of, like he's he's great here. And, and yeah, the ability to play that sort of haunted but not like just angsty. Like it'd be really easy to play that as so as, as boring as and Netflix. Not, yeah. And it's not, it's just, it's believable. Yeah. It's very believable. It's like he's a, he's a, he's a full, he's a full, fully formed being. Yeah. He's not just his torture. There's good parts too. And you know, one of the things that I, I think I hope is addressed is, you know, you, your best friend, he sacrificed all this stuff for you. He gets to the end of the road. 
and y'all have a second, like at least take a year to hang out. <laughs> he goes off and travels time. <laughs> like that's gotta hurt. I don't care yeah. if you're happy for him or not. Yeah. Do you think that we're gonna find um find out what happened to Captain America after he handed that shield? He's on I the moon. Gonna... I heard. I heard he's on the it... moon. I bet, you, I bet you he is, honestly. Like, I bet you it's going to be like a throwaway joke. Like at the end of the series, as like a stinger, it's going to be Captain America playing solitaire on the moon. Like with, <laughs> oh no, Nick Fury's base. He's just going to be like, eh, you know, I have to, have to do something. I don't know what they're going to do, but I don't need to know anything. I mean, it was wrapped up so well thematically yeah. Yeah. In, in Endgame. I think that's all we need. And I like the idea that these two characters know what happened and where he is and that he ended up with a, a happy ending, but no one else knows, but cap doesn't really want anyone to know mm -hmm. right. how he, you know, what he did, what he chose. Right. Well, cause he completed caps arc so well. Cause mm -hmm. like captain, captain America and Iron Man switched. Mm -hmm. Cause like yeah. in the first Avengers, it was like, you're not the one to make the sacrifice play and he ends up yeah. sacrificing himself. Right. And then cap never knew how to not be a soldier. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he just went and lived an entire life. He may have like done some heroic stuff in that other timeline, but like he got to actually live, which was a big yeah. thing he didn't do. But he did outlive Peggy, as as the commenter just said. He, we know he's not dead. So, or they never say uh, anything yeah, about Nicole, his death. We Nicole says, yeah, they, ne they never say he's dead. And last we see of him, he's an old man. But Super Soldier Serum, you know, he might live for another twenty years. So, I say playing Pinnacle on the move, Nick Fury. You know, you, you mentioned the therapy sessions, and Idlone says uh, the camera angles gave me kind of a sinister vibe to that therapy session, like she shouldn't be trusted. Oh. And I, I don't necessarily know about that, but I do think like you know they also really were intentional with like their their mood lighting mm -hmm. um, to set this really somber, serious tone there, mm -hmm. and you know, in in direct contrast to hey, if if you go to uh, Tunisia, you better have that yellow filter on. <laughs> uh, that's the only, that is the only thing I didn't like about this entire show, because like I hate that so much. Yeah, and like in for partially for the social reasons, but yeah. other also because it's just lazy. Yeah, like yeah. The, like I um during the pandemic is a bit of an aside. Um, I you know you have to sort of stay. You, you try your best to stay um, sane is the right word, I guess. <laughs> and so one of the things I do is I watch these videos on YouTube that like have people driving in different countries with like they're with these HD cameras. And one of them was driving through Afghanistan and it's gorgeous. Right. But if you see these, sh these movies like um, extraction, I think the Russo brothers did with uh, yeah. it's all this yellow filter and it makes them seem like this, this horrible place. And it's not. Yeah. I've been to Morocco. It felt very familiar. In fact, those scenes where uh, him and Torres are getting tea, mm -hmm. except for the the dingy yellow part. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you, I, if you get off the plane, does it just like all of a sudden hit you? <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, no. the the bad influence of Michael Bay. Right? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. those horrible color filters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do like, by the way, speaking of that, that I, I love that Sam speaks Arabic. It's mm -hmm. a little, it's a little thing. But I really like that. He basically, he he knows the language. Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if he's he was a military man out there. Yeah. That's that goes a lot hand in hand with the training. Oh, Will the... Okay, sorry. Will Morris has a theory about Cap. You want to read it here, Grant? Oops, wrong one. Here oh, uh, <laughs> Will Morris says Cap's <laughs> no, not dead. Uh, no. Prisoner of ABC's Inhumans. We're all prisoners of ABC's Look. Inhumans. If you watch any of it, you're mentally prisoned by it. 
I have watched almost everything, even remotely to, to the MC with in, in, tying to the MCU, except that. Like that's been my line. I'm like I'm good. I've watched. I, I watched that. all seven seasons of Agents of Shield, and I didn't watch that. Same. That's that's your meatloaf drawing a line. It's like that's <laughs> it. No. Um, so okay, we haven't talked about uh, Sam and his sister. Um, their boat problems, mm-hmm. and uh, they they co-own a boat together that their parents had when they were kids. And I I I liked this storyline because it it further grounds him, and it it, it has really relatable problems um, as far as you know trying like being five years gone is one whole issue <laughs> that's not necessarily relatable, but. Um, but you know, just kind of this this every man struggle of of trying to make ends meet and and thinking you can and solve a problem with with enough swagger or enough goodwill cred um, when the system's just shitty. Uh, it was I, I liked I liked his dynamic with his sister as well. I thought yeah. it was really well done, and it's something that I think we're, we sometimes are lacking with a lot of Marvel characters. Like mm-hmm. what is their family? What is their outside life from here? And I think with the first time we really got a, a good glimpse of that was with like Hawkeye and he had a whole family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like like the act. Uh, I, I don't know the actress's name, but her and Sam Mackey had really great chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you could, you could sense this, this history between them just by the way they were talking to each other and yeah. like the way brothers and sisters talk to each other because I have a few sisters. I'm the middle boy and I have two sisters and I'll come in there with a lot of bravado. And they're like, I remember when you used to run around without a diaper on, don't, <laughs> don't talk to me. And like, yeah. they had that same energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They felt like siblings and she really like played the weight of having to keep everything afloat while he mm-hmm. was gone and experiencing the blip throughout those five years. She really played the weight of that really convincingly. Yeah, they, I think they, she, yeah, she's they, great. They, they disagree, but they don't bicker. Like, yeah. I think that's really important. Like, you can tell there's love underneath it, but there's also like a long history. Like, when she throws those jabs about you left, for the, you left for the military, I stayed behind. Like, there's there's a history there, and there's hurt along with all the the love together. Like, you you get all those layers, and that's the actors and the writing. That's 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 all there. I also like, by the way, that despite the fact that they are having financial issues. What are they doing? They're putting together plates to take out to the community. Right. Like I thought that was really having we've just come through the the ice storm here and I watched that happen here with and I know that's happening, you know, in Katrina where it's basically like the people who are still struggling by themselves are finding ways to help out the community. And I think that says a lot about what who she is as a person. Yeah, like they they just didn't get alone, but rather than go home and pout, they're still trying to help people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um I'm I'm wondering kind of uh, as, as far as the narrative of how this might play into anything bigger, I'm not sure where they're going with that, except that it's just kind of underlying um, his struggles, not just with the superhero life, but also with everyday life. Um, well, obviously, this is the the boat is there, which means Namor's they're going to do Adrian's Namor. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it's gonna be? Yeah, Namor and probably uh Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean it, it's obvious if you think about it. And so, Mephisto too. 
Mephisto, Mephisto is the boat. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. The the boat will transform into Al Pacino as Mephisto, and we'll get a good. <laughs> so, uh, what do we think about this fucker right here? You guys want to talk about the? the oh, man. I won't give you a loan, but can you give me a selfie? Fuck you. But he's, I, I mean, he's, um, he's, he's emblematic of a lot of middlemen. Uh-huh. Like it's the system. Like you know, you work in that situation. He's not saying you can't get a loan. It's probably his guidance that says you can't. Like uh-huh. he, he's just a, um, he's just an arm of that system. And there are probably like metrics, like you have to have this much income, you have to have these many uh, tax returns, all this stuff, and rather than stick his neck out, even for somebody who saved the world, mm-hmm. he's like, eh, I'm not going to make waves, but I'm going to get my autograph while I'm at it. And I'm going to, I'm going to get my picture before I tell you, I can't get a loan. Yeah. That's, yeah. Makes that's, my why, dick. that's what's so egregious, right? Yeah. I thought He's a, the human face of the algorithm made to protect the system and not mm-hmm. help the people. Yeah. I thought it's interesting. This guy and the guy who takes the shield from, from Sam and then gives it to some generic white dude. Mm-hmm. Um, both the same guys. They're both the, they really appreciate Sam. <laughs> they appreciate Sam for his service. Like this guy talks about, you know, thanks for coming forward with the shields, the right thing to do. And this other guy's like, Oh, thanks for, thanks for everything you did. I love the Avengers. I always want to be an Avenger. Like they all, they want to be like, Hey man, thanks for your service, but I don't want to help you. Like, and it's yeah. not me. It's like, it's like, no, I'm, I'm a good guy. It's, it's the system, man. And I'm like, you're, you're part of the system. Like you could step outside and take those risks that they're, that he's taking for you, but you're not gonna, I, I think that's sure has money. They could have bought that shield from him. <laughs> it's a good, good comment here from it. Johan, uh, in the new cap reveal, there was almost exclusively elder white men. I'm looking forward to what Marvel wants to say about old men holding on to old ideals. Yeah, they were saying a lot just with that image. They referenced that in the, in the Captain America run that Nick Spencer wrote where uh, Sam became Cap. There was a lot of people. There was a whole take back the shield hashtag. The whole notion was that they could not accept a black man being Captain America. That They were like, it's got to go to somebody else. And I think they're definitely going to make, make uh, notice of that. Well, yeah, I think it's a missed opportunity if they don't. Right, but they're probably gonna, they're probably gonna like, um, like sort of like uh, Interstellar. There was that part where they just sort of orbitally insert and then try to get out as soon as possible. They're probably gonna try to do that. They're gonna want to mention it, <laughs> yeah, but not linger because if you're gonna really do it, you need to make it the entire series. Yeah, and they probably just mention it and have like a few signs in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if this was real life, like if I was if I was Sam and Captain America gave me that shield, I'd be like, "Do you know what you're doing to me?" <laughs> yeah. Like this is really nice, but let, yeah. just let's go through what's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, in the end, we are we are left with uh, this goober here, Ugh. John Walker. <laughs> And uh, Randy, can you tell us a little bit about John Walker? Yeah. So in the comics, John Walker is a man from, um, uh, was it, it's a fake town in Georgia. Uh, basically, the, Mark Grimwald created a guy who was basically. Not Atlanta. He's like, he's, he's did, he wanted to be embodied patriotism in a way that Captain America didn't. A patriotic villain. Basically, Steve Rogers is a poor northern white, uh, northern urban boy. So I'll make a guy from rural middle, middle class south. Uh, so this guy's basically a young guy, and he was a Reagan-era conservative. And what's interesting is Grunewald was a liberal writer, but he kind of played fair with him. Like John John Car or uh, John Walker was, he took over for Cap because the government asked him to, and he was like basically this kind of like whatever everyone would think of Cap. He's like good old boy, you know. He's he's definitely a you know polite yes ma'am all that kind of stuff. 
But at the same time, there's that undercurrent of arrogance that can kind of come with like white Southerners. And uh, I think that they, they did a good job of making him a, a likable villain. And they've turned him into a U.S. agent who became, who is sort of like this more edgy type version of Cap. I suspect you don't get Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son, to play a guy that we're all just going to hate the whole time. I suspect they're going to shade him a little bit. I suspect they're going to mm-hmm. give him a, he didn't know, you know, he didn't know fa- that Falcon had been given the shield. He's like, the government came to me, asked me to do the job. I, I stepped up. Uh, but in the comics, he basically went, he got, he went nuts. He became a killer. Like he had to be taken down. And I don't know if they're going to go that route or if it's going to be more of a thing where we see him become sympathetic and realize the shield doesn't belong to him. I'll just see which way they go. This felt like Joffrey. Baratheon <laughs> casting here to me where like we need someone who's not going to say anything and you're just going to look at him and hate him immediately well, it, I, I, I agree with sort of both of y'all in that I don't think they're going to go full hate but they definitely uh, my wife was mentioning something because she really likes costuming and she, she like watches a bunch of channels on she reads books about it and the way they even designed this costume it's made for you to not like it that much when you look at it like they don't want a Captain America that you're gonna like when you see him. They want they want like that one that looks like he was copied a few too many times. It's like <laughs> yeah, you're you're Good technically point. Cap, but you're not, and it's really bothering me. He's the uncanny valley cap. He's also it's much more militaristic. If you notice mm-hmm. when they see he's got a pistol on his hip. Yeah. Like oh. like that's the thing you, you can't see in this angle, but when they showed him from the back, you can see he's got a pistol on his other side. Yeah, and Cap and, didn't wear the pistol when he wasn't in war. Right, exactly. That's a that's a notable thing in in modern times. Um, we had a few other. Well, we had a couple comments here. I wanted to hit real quick. Um, Don McPherson says, "I found it a little implausible that Sam is reticent to access his support system. That is the Avengers. That's his family, and is in dire. That his family is in dire financial straits. Seems a little forced. And yeah, I, I think you know we were we are addressing that." This is probably a little bit more of um, kind of massaging the narrative to achieve other end goals overall in the larger plot. That, uh, that's true. However, uh, two things. One is, what even are the Avengers right now? I mean, is everything tied up in, in trust? Because the Avengers, who's left? Who's yeah. actually an Avenger right now? And like, just sure, Pepper might have something. She might have some money coming to her. But it could all be tied up in probate and that kind of thing. And the other right. is, real world-wise, I've tried to help a friend out with a loan at one point to, like, to get a mortgage. And it was like, there's a, there, there are rules. Like, you cannot give that money. They, like, they have to get the money for themselves. They can't get money except from, like, a blood relative for yeah. some things. And it could be this kind of thing. It's like, they, oh, yeah, no, I, I, I've got Pepper Potts that should give me a million dollars. And, like, no, you, you, can't, you can't take money from random people. It's got to be a blood relative. Like, that is a thing that happens in the real world, so... I mean, you could, you could like, you could theoretically get, like, I think it's 14000 and under for an untaxed gift, but that, again, is between relatives. And plus, I mean, thinking about from his perspective, he's a good guy. Her husband just died. Yeah. Saving the world. Like, is he going to want to talk to her? And they didn't really know each other that well. Like, right. that's the guy that, like, you know, he's the guy that was fighting her husband in, in Germany. And yeah. so, like, he's not going right. to really want to talk to to her. And then Black Widow's dead. That was a running buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarlet Witch is, you know, in some mountain place somewhere. Vision doesn't exist to him anymore. Cap is gone. He's like, got Rhodey? Yeah, yeah Rhodey. Right. Like, like, Rhodey is the closest tie to Pepper. And they they could have made some reference where Rhodey said something about Pepper, like Pepper's tie. Just like a one-line 
Pepper's tied up in probate stuff. She really wants to help out. Would have been nice, but they don't need it. Even having to ask other people is, you know, that's a hard thing to do. And, 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 and if he feels like, you know, I can make things make ends meet on my own. I completely understand that not being that much of a plot point. Like, yeah, I never asked, I never asked for payment for this. This is just the right thing to do. And I, I will figure out my own way. But I do want to give some plot, some some credence to Don here. Yeah, I do agree with you in the fullness of it because if this was the real world, there would be a fun setup, and these people would be paid. Right. I agree. I like agree. you don't have rules. Just as a practical matter, you are not subject to rules and doing services unless you have some kind of pecuniary interest in it. Like they're going to pay you something. They're going to give you medical coverage at the very least. Yeah. By the way, Don has another point that I thought was interesting. The one about Walker. Did you see that one? Um, right here. Yeah. That Walker is essentially the guy the general in First Avenger wanted to be Cap. He's like, he doesn't care if he's a bully. He just wants a tough guy. And right. I think we're going to see that play out. That's totally a, a, a nod, I think. Uh, Will Morris says, um, Sam's sister makes a comment about the bank people not knowing who their father was, that he was a giant. Are they teasing some sort of big reveal? I don't think so. I got the sense that it, he no. was just big in the community. Yeah. Um, a a beloved not, person otherwise. He, he's not Bill Foster. Yeah, that that would uh, that would undercut the entire character of Sam if they did that. Mm-hmm. Like and it's just underlining the idea that even heroes, even people who are big in the community, no names are struggling right now, and that's yeah. something that that is relatable to a lot of us as viewers. I mean, when when the show does like a shorthand to say to communicate the fact that the blip is hurting people on a personal and financial level. And that's something that I can relate to. And a lot of us can relate to, especially during the pandemic or as we're recovering from it. If it doesn't quite make sense uh, in a real world sense, that doesn't bother me because the fact that a giant popcorn Marvel show is addressing something like that in a, uh, a genuine way, I think it's kind of important and kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And just to echo you, Mike, like think, just really tease it out. Like, if half the world disappeared and then came back five years later, people had moved on with their lives. Mm-hmm. Like what if you got remarried? Yeah. And then your, 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 your spouse shows up. You're what like, is, Oh shit. What does it do to the economy? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, is my student loan forgiven or. Yeah. See, if you look too far into it, uh, it starts we, to come apart. We don't have an infrastructure to feed people anymore. Yeah. <laughs> How do yeah. we ramp back up to the food production or yeah. transportation or there's no jobs anymore for what you did. Like all of that is gotta be such insane stress points. So. Yeah. 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 Pepper, maybe Pepper's money may all be tied up in feeding people. Like yeah, she could I mean, be using StarTech and money to make there's, you can definitely hand wave it because there's a lot of stuff to be dealt with. Well, in Far From Home, she wrote a check to um, Aunt May's foundation. Yeah. It was trying to get housing yeah. for people. Yeah. And that's eight months after the blip. This is six months yeah. right. after, the bl- after the blip. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple other little um, Easter egg things that popped up, especially in the back credits I was going to point out here. We get uh, a little shot of mm-hmm. this guy here, mm-hmm. which um, I, I think I wrote down who the actor is. That is Carl Lumley. Carl Lumley. Is that going to be Elijah Bradley? And yep, the the thought is it's uh, Isaiah Bradley. Uh, is Isaiah the, Isaiah's the grandfather, right? Isaiah's the grandfather, you're right, you're right. I get those confused too. I get those yeah, because Eli, yeah. Because I mean, it's Eli. clear that Marvel's yeah. going for Young Avengers. 
Mm-hmm. And so like they already got through they already got th- four of them already set with the twins, yeah, Cassie and um uh, they're going to be Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Yep. So you get Eli, you're good. You're golden. And yeah, that that yeah, we've got we've got Amen's daughter. Like, I think we're we're also thinking like if they do Secret Invasion, they could introduce uh, Hulkling in that doing scroll doing scrolls. There's, I it, it does seem like they are aiming for Young Avengers. So this would be a, a lineage thing, like yeah. Uh, well, so it's passed down. Is it? So uh, can you tell me about Isaiah Bradley? So in the comics, it was basically a story done by Kyle Baker um, that was called Truth. The notion was the super soldier, super soldier was treat was tested on African American soldiers, kind of like the Tuskegee, uh, not the Tuskegee, Tuskegee, but um, right. No, but, but I think in the yeah, vein. Tuskegee, yeah, 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 like like the the syphilis, the stuff that was done, and right. the notion that basically like they that he was like, yeah, they would definitely have tested this on black soldiers whether they knew it or not, and so they had this black Captain America. And then his grandson, uh, Elijah, becomes a member of the Young Avengers. I imagine if they do it here, I think, like I say, I think I think it all could tie into Power Broker. If he's been doing super soldier experiments all this time. And if he's the unethical guy, he could have been the one who does those experiments. And then it's not the government doing it, which, believable as it may be, I don't think they want the government in the, in the uh, MCU to be responsible for that. Right. Um, interesting. They also had a... Little mention here. It says, uh, uh, "Oh, Mad- Madripoor." Yeah, Madripoor here nice. referenced. And um, can you explain a little bit about Madripoor? It's a fictional place in Marvel. Madripoor is like fictional Hong Kong. It's it's got uh, it's it's like the dirty, more crime infested. Uh, it was introduced in Wolverine. It's a great fictional location. I would I would love if they used Madripoor in this. And... I mean, that's this is how Wolverine's going to show up. <laughs> let's, let's all get our expectations too high guys <laughs> and then uh randy you you requested that i include this image so there is a story called original sin in which the watcher is murdered and nick fury is the guy revealed to have done it and as penance he becomes the watcher on the moon or whatever his name is and basically he is he is he is lives on the moon and is the new watcher and eventually he is either killed or Bucky somehow the winter soldier became like his space operative at some point. And I feel like this was a sideways nod to it. They're not, I don't think they're going that direction or anything, but I thought it was interesting that cap being on the moon might've been like a little, a little in jokey nod for that, for us. He, he changes his name from Nick Fury to Nick Boner. I believe. <laughs> See, every time I'm here and uh, on the moon, it reminds me, there's a, I think it's a poem. It's a uh, Whitey's on the moon. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like a, a rat bet my sister Nell, but Whitey's on the moon, mm-hmm. and like it just it just like keeps on playing whenever I hear on the moon. <laughs> yeah, that was in Lovecraft Country this season. That's where I first heard mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So um, we have a you know a few questions going forward in this season. I was wondering if you guys have any particular theories. Uh, I'm I'm getting hints that our two heroes again will become fugitives like we've seen them a lot in uh, in mcu or, or they will be operating outside the law to root out some massive corruption from inside the government or military we've already seen things in this first episode like like bucky lying to his government appointed therapist and doing what he thinks is right to cleanse his soul and to root out the villains on his list right so he's already like subverting authority there and then, of course, the government giving Sam a big fuck you, handing the shield to this Popeye-looking fuck, instead of <laughs> leaving it on display for it to inspire others. I'm sorry. 
as a symbol alongside Cap. Like, I mean, so these two don't play nice with authority or with the system, and that's fine because the system is obviously corrupt. So, oh. there, you go. there he is again. <laughs> oh, God. That's one of the best insults I've ever heard. I'm gonna have to put that in my vernacular. Uh, yeah. Any other um, thoughts or theories from you guys? I really don't have any theories. Like, I'm actually very thankful for that because I really mm. enjoyed theorizing WandaVision. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I like that this is a little bit more straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's a good change of pace. And I wouldn't mind if the Loki series that's going to be next is more theory based. But, like, mm. I sort of like the, the switching gears of, like, okay, there are times when I want a theory show and I want the ball to be hidden for me. And there's other times I just want to sort of be on a really nuanced roller coaster. Like, yeah. show me some character work, but give me some action. Yeah. Like, I know what's coming, but you're going to surprise me a little bit, but I don't need to always have it to be on that level. And I really am thankful for, like, okay, this is just going to be some good Russo Brothers st- style action set pieces, some some intrigue, and maybe Bucky ends up happy. That's what I want. I mm-hmm. want happiness for everybody. That's what I want. Mephisto is oh. the boat. Oh, God. <laughs> At the end of it, it's going to be like runes. Oh, shit. says <laughs> the boat. It was the boat all along. It's going to be the anger of the summer. It's the dark hold. Oh, God. Well, I think we'll go ahead and wrap things up there then. We actually went a little longer than normal. I'm sorry, um, Nessa. But no, it's a, it's a premiere episode. And yeah. typically, uh, everyone watching us, uh, we would put these out on Friday night. But uh, I selfishly had uh, a different commitment that I decided to go to. So I appreciate that, uh, Randy, Elliot, Mike, you were all able to uh, push this back a day. And you, the viewers, were able to tune in today. Um, we will be back next week to talk about episode two of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier on YouTube on Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we would love for you to come join us again and uh, keep watching. And um, you know what? If, uh, if you have a second, you can go to youtube.com slash MCUPod. We, we now have the, the better handle. There's been enough subscribers. So uh, thank you, everyone, for rallying, uh, rallying. But if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and go to youtube.com slash MCUPod and hit that subscribe button. You can follow us over at Twitter at MCUPod as well. And... If you want to help out this show, if you're enjoying it and want to show us a little bit of support, you can go to patreon.com slash MCU pod. And there you can make a per episode pledge. If you give us or no per month pledge, I, I, I padded it out a bit. Thought it'd be a little easier. If you want to give us two bucks a month, you can join the defenders. If you want to give us five bucks a month, you can join the revengers. And if you want to give us 10 bucks a month, you can join the Avengers. Um, we're going to be doing exclusive bonus content over on Patreon for all y'all to thank you so much for your support in this project. And, uh, you know what? We, we just appreciate y'all. This is a lot of fun doing this. And I want to say thank you again to Elliot and Randy for joining us. Um, Elliot, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, you can, uh, my Twitter handle is ITL Elliot. And this is the podcast I'm on most because, uh, I am a somewhat new father, and even having the time to do this is a privilege. So I thank you for having me. Uh, it, it's yeah, great come back soon. Uh, Randy. Uh, you can find me over at thetvdudes.com. I do a weekly TV podcast. And at roguesgallerytx.com, which is the home for my uh, comic and game shop in Aramark, Texas, where we also do a mostly weekly pop culture podcast. Excellent. Mike. 
You can find me on Twitter at Mike Moody Garcia. Again, I want to thank Elliot and Randy. You guys made this episode awesome. Thank you. So much fun. You can follow me at Baron Von Grant, and we'll be back again next week talking about episode two. Like I said, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Until then, adios. Bye, y'all.